0: You've got to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, whether the Treasurer wished oh, to go no. to there or not, I would forbid him going. forbid so, him going to the Senate to, uh, to uh, count this un-Representative swill uh, there. Where, well, 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 oh. where, the House of England
1: well, Welcome back, everyone, to the Unrepresentative Swell podcast. It's
0: been a while, hasn't it, It's Newt?
1: been too long, and I honestly missed every single one of you.
0: Yeah, and I missed you, Nick.
1: I missed you as well, Rob, while you're up on your big holiday.
0: Oh, well, well, you're too busy studying.
1: So here's what what happened. (laughs) So I'm going to just clarify this to everyone. Yeah, I'm busy during the study week, doing heaps of study, you know, being a good bloke. And Rob's like, yeah, want to record the podcast? I'm like, yeah, of course, Rob. I love the podcast. I'm going to record it. He says, yeah, come to Moor River. I'm like, I can't be expected to record off location at any whim, Rob.
0: Mate, you could you could have recorded the podcast after more river, no worries. Have a little break. You know, have a day off study for once, champion. Mate. <laughs> have a day off study. Record the podcast, you know, have a little fun up at More River and then head back. I'll have a day off study when I'm dead. Mate, just that's, that's not true. I do that all about, the time. Mate, you have some fun for once, mate.
1: It would've been really nice recording in More River. Yeah, imagine. Yeah. It'd be nothing else to do. honestly that'd be like we're really in touch with a. Uh, the kind of true Australian experience. There's a lot of retirees up there, but I don't think they're like loaded, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. D- depends, really.
1: Who's that guy at the pub that we always see?
0: Breno. Yeah, Breno. We should have the a chat Breno. We
1: should interview him.
0: I don't think his political views would be too in- insightful, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> I, often when I go, when I'm working at the bottle shop and I just see people drive in, I'm just like, these are like the truest straight, like the, your average just Australian bloke. These are the guys who are deciding the elections.
0: These blokes vote count the exact same as mine.
1: And often, more often than not, it upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, one guy was like, um, he was complaining about the traffic. He was like, I wish these politicians uh, just had to sit in traffic for a while.
0: That would, uh, that would show them. We got to do something about these roads. Of course, because politicians just take helicopters everywhere <laughs> don't actually deal with traffic. I was like
1: I mean yeah is traffic an issue I don't know
0: Yeah and traffic in Perth ain't ain't that bad Traffic in right?
1: Perth I I believe yeah by relative standards is not bad at all
0: Yeah well by relative standards if you want to talk about like LA and <laughs> yeah, Paris New York, and stuff Yeah in Paris like you just can't even like get through city centre hey you just Live there
1: in Paris, you spend, I think, an hour on the Arc de Triomphe in the <laughs> most <innermost laughs> lane just doing circles. <laughs> in short, it's uh, I missed you, Rob, but it's uh, uh, I'm happy to be back.
0: I'm happy to be back as well, Nick.
1: I'm gonna be back to our normal schedule. So, uh, well,
0: normal ish, we're on a Friday.
1: Well, this is a Friday, but uh, you know, normal is in uh, frequency,
0: so yeah, yeah, we'll get back into it. I eh? hope.
1: Don't you, lovely people, worry. Yeah. You want some news? And there's been a lot while I've been away, Rob. Let's hear it, mate. The first is, this podcast might not be dead, but Prince Philip is. So... Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like that one, Rob? How long have you been sitting on that? <laughs> I literally just thought of it. And I'm pretty
0: impressed with myself. That is impressive.
1: He uh, died at the ripe old age of 99, a
0: few weeks away from his 100th. Yeah. Just just couldn't get a letter from the Queen in the end. I
1: know. Well, <laughs> like probably had one too many letters from the Queen. Might, yeah. might as well just
0: give up now. Might as well. What what you a big big Prince Philip lover, Rob? No, I'm not. I, I am gonna be careful about my words though, because you think got a lot of Prince Philip loyalists. Well, no, I audience. just think like death death makes people even the most staunch uh, Republicanist Republican. That's it. Yeah, death just seems to change people for some reason. <laughs> when Margaret Thatcher died, people weren't the headlines. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. I'm not sure. I well, think they were. Surely Margaret Thatcher was popular. She was PM for 10 years. Surely enough people like her. I think in it.
1: hindsight, everyone was like, she was savage um, and did a lot of damage. Which... That,
0: that's savage in in its traditional uh, dictionary definition, <laughs> yeah, not no, the modern day. Not savage. <laughs> God damn, he's savage. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, but, you know, I just, um, the media coverage is really annoying. I think death is too taboo. I just like, there's someone in, like, some guy was like, everyone has their own relationship with Prince Philip, their own memories
0: of him. But oh, of I, don't, I don't. We're all close personal friends with Prince Philip. Oh, uh, did you see that Shovel article that was like, Australian man who had one
1: conversation with Prince Philip in 1980 gives hour-long interview to ABC. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, but, you know, I guess our uh, condolences
0: to the Queen and the royal family. Yeah. I just can't wait for you to not be our head of state. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which, yeah, indirectly is saying, I can't wait till you die. Um, maybe not. She could resign. I, I don't think the Republican movement should run on the, you know, once the queen is dead, we'll deal with it. You know, like, why do, why do we have to wait for that old, you know what, to die? <laughs> <laughs> that old woman? Yes. All right. UK
1: comes out of lockdown, speaking of the UK. So... Applause sound for them. Yeah, that's well done, great. Boris. After You've a nine-week lockdown, they can go to the pub again.
0: What are their cases like? Anyone know? Uh,
1: I don't think they're that bad. They got a lot of people vaccinated, as we said last week. They're doing yeah, quite true. well on the vaccinations. But they're also grappling with the issue of the Pfizer-AstraZeneca issue. So, yeah. But that's, that's good. The Suez Canal has also been unblocked, Rob. I know. How exciting.
0: Uh, that was a long time ago, but we haven't recorded in a while. But, so, uh, by the way, seven-day average in the UK is about 2,000 cases per day. That's not bad. Yeah. The UK is a big country, yeah, right? Yeah, it is
1: a big country. That's definitely... I remember there was that one week where... Oh, was it like... Yeah. Oh, no. It, there was one week where a third of everyone was infected. Yeah, it was pretty pretty terrible. So, that's good. The Suez Canal is unblocked. That's also good. Joe Biden announced that the US will withdraw from Afghanistan.
0: By September 11th, actually. It's a very um, symbolic day to leave Afghanistan as well. Yeah, yeah. Because wasn't that like that the reason why they even went into Afghanistan for starters?
1: Um, yeah, it was to get the
0: Taliban. Oh yeah, because the Taliban were mates with. It uh, yeah, yeah, was Os- the same Osama.
1: group. Yeah, the same group that claimed responsibility for the attack way back when.
0: No, it was Al Qaeda that did the attack. The Taliban oh, were just yeah. mates with Al Qaeda.
1: Yeah, no, I think they were. I think they were just mates, weren't they? Oh man, all these wars in the Middle East, the causes get confusing.
0: Yeah. So you're saying we need to invade Iraq, right? That's <laughs> what George Iraq. Bush was saying, was saying. Invade Iran. Oh uh, no. I mean I it was
1: it was to do with nine eleven though. I definitely know that.
0: Speaking of Middle East, you want to hear a funny joke, Nick? Oh yeah? How do you flee Iraq? How? Iran. <laughs> nice. Oh, that reminds Welcome of, back, guys. That hey. reminds me of a really funny
1: bit about um, the Middle East and US based on like an Apple press conference. I might post about it because it's really funny, but it's too <laughs> long to explain now. Okay, cool. In other US news, Joe Biden hits Russia with new sanctions because Russia ain't very good at democracy and the US doesn't like that.
0: No, Russia is notoriously shit at democracy. I think they've been in democracy for, what, like, nine years in their entire history, maybe? <laughs> the Boris Yeltsin years? <laughs> for the US, it was one too many aqua discos. No <laughs> more. So, you uh, can have one, but not two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Joe Biden clearly stating his dislike uh, in contrast to his former president.
0: Yeah, because him and uh, Trumpy and Putin were mates, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were good mates. I... I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I don't think Trump applied any more sanctions. Yeah. But okay. there were existing ones that carried over from the last administration. But these are fresh new ones. So. Great. Also, last new US news, George, the George Floyd trial is happening in the US. So, obviously, very tense. Yeah, it would be. It's quite interesting to listen to all the legal arguments. Um, I think the the defense is arguing that George Floyd was part of a big reason for his death was like uh, drug related um, yeah. conditions. So very interesting to see what happens there, and uh, what the conviction will be, because if it's anything less than murder, I think there'll be public outrage.
0: You'd imagine, yeah.
1: So that would be very interesting to watch, but I I I think it's unlikely there'll be a murder charge. It
0: will be some degree of manslaughter. Yeah, absolutely. It it it's interesting because um, this is one of the first cases in this whole you know police brutality uh, sphere where the actual department has sided with the victim not uh the officer
1: yeah and this is yeah you know, these trials with huge public pressure yeah monumental public pressure always so tough and That's- also
0: like there's this jury i don't understand why this one's in front of a jury yeah i well, know it's-, it's in the constitution but shh, like Every single one of those jurors has already been affected by this case. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: were getting jurors from the adjacent counties, like to to try and minimize that. But you know, everyone in the US, everyone in the on. world has heard of this yeah. story. So obviously, it's just... yeah, it's flawed in this case. Juries yeah. are stupid anyway. Juries are stupid. We can explain that at another time, but juries are really dumb. Um and last of all, um, that cyclone that happened in WA last weekend. Yeah. Really sad to see
0: commiserations to our friends in cal yeah that it's entire the...
1: town has been destroyed yeah it's really sad
0: really sad i was planning to go up to cal barry in july so oh man hopefully is, it's sorted out by then you'll right. never see cal in its true form no i'll only ever see beat up broken down cal barry
1: i yeah it's really sad i luckily i don't believe anyone was seriously injured so yeah.
0: reminds me of when i went to new orleans six years went after. went to New Orleans? Yeah. Really? About six years after the Hurricane Katrina and it was still fucked.
1: Yeah. Hurricane Katrina was actually devastating. That yeah. That was nuts. You had like people like in classic US style like thinking the world was over and like taking their guns and going out and hunting for supplies and everything. It was terrible.
0: Yeah. And that, it's a sad, sad city that one at times.
1: Anyway, let's move on Rob to the topic Gladly. at hand.
0: What are we going to talk about first, Nick?
1: Rob, I want you to guess what we're talking about, and I'll give you one hint. It's related to our government, our federal government.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, where do we start, Nick? (laughs) So, we've had two weeks off, and in classic Liberal Party fashion, there's been a lot of stuff that's going on. It only gets
1: worse. Um, So, we finished with the cabinet reshuffle. We and Rob talked about that in our last episode.
0: Yeah, I think we also touched on Andrew
1: Lamming's stuff. Um, yep. So, Andrew Lemming's still resigning, but he's an idiot. He's so dumb.
0: Yeah. So, Nick, what what's happened since? I want to hear.
1: What, what has happened since? Well, the big news recently is this big Christina Holgate issue because for those of you who are unaware, last year in, I believe it was September or November, it came out the Australian Post CEO Christina Holgate had granted four executives each a $5,000-ish uh, watch as a bonus for completing a big project. And that got out into the media and the government went ham. ScoMo standing up in question time saying it was disgraceful that she should, you know, be, that she should resign or she'll get fired. All this kind of stuff. And it is, is emerged in hindsight that he wasn't properly briefed on everything. That is not how firing is supposed to occur on the boards of these government run companies. Yep. And, yeah, now Christine Holgate has stood up in the Senate yesterday and testified how she was essentially bullied by the federal government and SCOMO. And it's basically become this narrative of the government will do anything that you know, they think the media or slash the public wants to hear and they don't actually... There's no close analysis of the principles here and the yeah, facts. Yeah, ba-
0: they've since backed down, which kind of shows that they're just kind of these media monkeys that get... Drawn by the strings like the puppets. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, from what we've seen, a very accurate metaphor. They just wheel ScoMo out. I, I'm increasingly thinking that ScoMo actually isn't the person in charge of the Liberal Party. Oh, it's like a run from the back room. I think it's just all these selfish individuals that, that are kind of cobbled together and they just wheel ScoMo out to the media and he goes. Hey everybody. How good is Australia? <laughs> hey, how good is Queensland? <laughs> how good's McGreen Curry and you, yeah. He's just that guy. But everyone else in, in the actual parliament is just out for themselves.
1: Well, he was working great for them yeah, uh, you know, right around the
0: 2019 election, but has been downhill ever since. Well, it was uphill slightly during the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah,
1: but yeah, you know, now in hindsight I just get the feeling that was like a
0: going to be a looming disaster. He wasn't doing like terrific. He was just kind of doing okay. Also, in hindsight, the reason why Australia has done so well is purely because states have handled it well.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this that like <laughs> the, poli- the COVID policy we have is in no way, isn't been in very little way influenced by the federal government. It's all been designed by the state government. Well, yeah,
0: you know, let's look at what the federal government is in charge of nursing homes. <laughs> they're fucked up there. Yeah, it's bad. Closing bad. the borders. We close our borders in the same time that the US closed theirs. We just got lucky that we're in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and vaccine rollout. How's that going again?
1: Yeah, some issues with the vaccine rollout. Well, obviously, we'll touch on the issue with the AstraZeneca vaccine. There's obviously that worry that if you're under 30, you have a like 1 in 200,000 chance of developing a blood clot, which can be fatal if you're not treated. So that has affected the rollout. Uh, the health advice is, like, you can basically pick if you want that. If you're under 30, you know, you're not likely to get the virus anyway if you're under 30 or be you know, suffer from it badly. But that has affected the rollout. But basically, we're not doing well anyway with the vaccines.
0: And due to that, what I think is a very slight effect, we've abandoned all our rollout targets. We've yeah, said, well, oh, all right, this is too hard. We'll just leave it later.
1: We don't even need the vaccine. That's the thing we're doing fine, like... We can't, you know, we can't open our international borders until the whole rest of the world is doing, like, fine. So it doesn't really matter, does it?
0: Well, Australia should really be focusing on trying to convince other nations that the best way to roll out this vaccine is not a nationalist approach, is actually just doing it internationally and trying to work with other nations. Yeah. Because the issue here is all these nations like the UK and the US, they're going to be vaccinated by July, probably. The whole nation. But I doubt anyone in South Africa has got a vaccine, or in Egypt, or yeah. somewhere like that. You know,
1: and it will, I mean that—that's a really important question because it'll just become entirely inequitable. Um, all these travel barriers, because it'll be you know the Western nations can all travel between each other, but none of the third world, developing world, can actually go to any of the developed world. That would be quite messed up, I think.
0: Yeah. So it's truly a post-apocalyptic. Uh, world we're living Hellscape. in now. yeah. You know, late-stage capitalism and such.
1: Pretty uh, bad. Tur- really bad. Turning towards the our government, though. So this, this also, this Christina Holgate issue has turned into or morphed with the issue about the federal government's and ScoMo's treatment of women because she's come out and said that her being a woman was a big factor in ScoMo's bullying not necessarily sure that's true but it doesn't look good for ScoMo at all if you look back and people have obviously done this in recent days you play the audio from question time back last year when he was talking about her he just doesn't have any real regard for you know the the facts in this case um, her position you know what steps you're supposed to follow if you want to get rid of the executive director of a government-run company like you're not supposed to Yell out in question time that she should go.
0: Yeah, nothing really out of the ordinary here, right, Nick?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it just proves entirely that ScoMo is just really wanting to say what the public, what he thinks the public wants to hear. And now, obviously, he's turned around and said, yeah, it was a mistake and he's apologized, but I don't think it's really convincing anyone.
0: Yeah, no. This government is really having problems right now, Nick. Like, serious problems.
1: And I, I heard on Q and A last night, Rob. I I don't remember the speaker. It's pretty bad, but she said the only government cabinet member that's been sacked Bridget Mc- was Bridget McKenzie, a female cabinet leader, over the sports fraud scandal. Yeah, which you know, Skomo entirely had his hands on as well.
0: Yeah, good point, Nick.
1: <laughs> you look at all this other stuff that has happened, and there's been reshuffles, but no movement from cabinet to the backbench.
0: Yeah, true. No surprises though, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the short of it, the government mismanagement of <laughs> politics continues. Yeah, And they are thought? suffering from it really badly. Uh, you just need to you know, pay a little bit of time looking at the media and looking at interviews with the public to see how much damage is actually doing with especially women.
0: One thing that I'm very interested in is the press is ravenous right now. Yeah, they are. I've never seen a press so anti-liberal government in Forever.
1: Because I think it's everyone is actually, I think they're feeding off public opinion as well.
0: Yeah. It's not an election cycle as well, which helps.
1: Yeah. And there's this this distinct sense of outrage with these women's issues, which is like, you know, fairly justified. And I think that resonates with a lot of people.
0: An outrage is a good seller as well for yeah. media companies.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. That keeps the headlines printing. So that's not doing any favors for the federal government.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, right, Nick? The absolute chaos that's going on there. Yeah. How do you think they get out of this? Can they get out of it?
1: <laughs> the, number one, they get out of this by not having an election this year. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that's the number one out.
1: Yeah. Number two, they, they keep... They, honestly, at this point, he just has to keep his head down. Uh, wear down the storm. Hope, hope that he didn't fuck up more than he already has. So nothing else comes out. And just focus on the budget as the next selling point.
0: Yeah, good point.
1: Go back to good old fundamental liberal politics. Uh, Labour can't manage the economy. Yep. Stop the boats. Sh- Labour's going to take you, your utes. We're, <laughs> We're meeting, meeting And, and beating. beating our climate targets. <laughs> oh, man. In other news, Mark McGowan was at the TAV yesterday, UWA TAV. Yeah,
0: he's been at UWA for a day, maybe. And he was a bit of a celebrity. He people is a bit of a celebrity. People love Mark McGowan. People love Marky Mark. <laughs> and
1: you know, <laughs> Skomo
0: was here last week and people hated him. This is hilarious. He took credit for Labor winning the election here. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's just because we handled the COVID crisis so well. That <laughs> Mate. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. And of course, he's not taking credit
1: for the colossal fuck up from the WA Liberals.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> Imagine Skomo <laughs> taking credit.
1: Uh, uh, he's gonna get you know slammed. If there was a federal election right now, he would get slammed. Queensland would not be enough to <laughs> to get him up. The
0: whole of Queensland would still not be enough. <laughs> exactly. God. Well, should mean. we should we move on, Rob? Yeah, I'm excited to move on, Nick, because
1: we're gonna get out of the domestic sphere. Because we've been bogged up down there too much recently. We've
0: literally... I reckon we've talked at least the majority of the time over the last month and a half. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what we this. get for complaining that there was nothing going on in Australian politics for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Terrestrial... On reflection, that
0: was a... Uh, <laughs> just. At least it's you know, something that's interesting for us to talk about. Just how bad ScoMo is. Yeah. It's really fun as well, I must say. Because... He's a little bit like Trump in that he's yeah. really goofy and can't stop putting his foot in his mouth.
1: And, you know, forget the Liberal Party. We just both think ScoMo's a terrible leader and person and politician. Absolutely, Nick. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah, irrespective of what party he's leading. <laughs> but we should really talk about the US because we've been a bit silent ever since the election on what, how the US is going and it's really important To keep up with what's happening there with old uh, Jim Biden.
0: Yes, Jim, as you're calling him. Yeah, so what's... Where's this come from, by the way, this Jim (laughs) Biden? Well,
1: you know, it's actually quite complicated, Rob, so I want you to keep up. Okay. You know how Joe starts with J? Yep, okay. Jim also starts with J.
0: Okay, I'm following. So, Jim Biden... Oh, I get it now. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? You okay. get it? Okay. I, t- I took a few seconds, but now I get it. And now we're all on the same It page. all makes sense now. Jim. Of course. Jim.
1: So what's Jim been
0: doing, Rob? Well, Jim's been doing a lot, actually. Um, I'd like to focus on his foreign policy. Yeah. If I might, as a master of international relations.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm, but you can't see this right now because you're listening, but I'm bowing to Rob. <laughs> I'm prostrating on the floor because that's the, the
0: respect masters are owed. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But there's been a significant shift from the Trump era, America first, isolationist. Yeah, uh, whatever, strange international policy. Yeah, and I'd particularly like to focus on him and China because that, realistically, that's the only international relation that really matters is US-China relations. That's the big one. So he's shifted to a policy of what's called compete and... uh, Cooperate and compete. That's it, cooperate and compete. Yeah. Which basically says we're going to compete on... The international sphere and condemning you for the alleged human rights. Yeah, and like tech and, and all
1: that stuff. Tech and all that. It has like uh, a very economic note to me. Con- you know? Yeah.
0: Condemn you for what's what you're doing in South China Sea, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, over Taiwan. We all know, if you've listened to this podcast once, we all know what, what me and Nick personally don't like about China. So, the US is going to condemn them for that. Whilst also cooperating with them on issues such as climate change and trade, which is, I think, probably the best way to do it. Because realistically, we can't solve climate change without both those countries being on the same boat.
1: No way. China is the biggest emitter.
0: Yeah. Biggest emitter, full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Per person, I think it's like us or Saudi Arabia. We'll move that to one side.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Have you not heard we're meeting and beating our, our targets? <laughs>
0: beating and meeting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Rob, that's a really interesting idea because that's really predicated on the idea that you can have a two-pronged approach to any bilateral relationship on the international stage. Yeah. So you can have this you know, a quite negative, neutral to negative relationship with the compete and also call out on your human rights abuses, but then this positive one on cooperation in terms of you know, trade and climate change, which is of course really important. It's the, the the existential threat of the century.
0: Well, absolutely. I think it's it's completely different to any other U.S.-China relation we've ever seen, really. Because even under the Obama administration, it was very um, you know co-op, cooperative with China. There wasn't a lot of um, condemning for their human rights abuses yeah maybe in Obama's second term
1: well there was some but I think the key difference is that it wasn't explicitly part of the strategy no yeah it, it wasn't and you know I think it gives more legitimacy when Joe Biden actually comes out and says like yeah you know, it's a two-pronged approach yeah absolutely because um, previously it was like the modernization approach it's like oh yeah we're
0: just going to trade with and be nice with China and then everything will sort itself out, and then they'll become a democracy yeah and it'll be okay yeah and then you go to the complete opposite end with Trump it seems like Biden's find, finding a kind of middle ground here. In classic Biden fashion, might I add? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think that's not a, not a bad approach. It's still important to note that there are a lot of what we call hawks in the US government, which is just people who believe the best relationship with China has to be an adversarial one, where they're competing and calling each other out, because yeah. the clash between those two great powers is inevitable. But I think he's really moderating the influence of the hawks and the doves.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think a classic example of this this whole foreign policy is the fact that Biden's environmental like advisor right now is in Sh- uh, Shanghai meeting with uh, Chinese diplomats to discuss how to solve the climate change issue. And I think that's what's distinctly unique about this Cold War, if you want to call it that, and the former Cold War, is that, the problems of climate change and also the interlinking through international trade make it really impossible to have a, what we saw with the U.S.-Soviet re- relations. Yeah. I don't think you can really do that anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like globalization, right? Like, you know, all these problems that have suddenly become necessary to involve global like, relationships and cooperation. And yeah. also the fact that, yeah, the economies are so interlinked. It becomes silly to engage in trade warfare, really, because everyone's losing. Exactly, Nick. Um, but it, it, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see if this strategy pays off, though, Rob. Obviously, we applaud any effort to make substantial move towards uh, better policies on climate change.
0: That's so important. So, yeah, honestly, I, I as much as I feel for our friends in Xinjiang. We have a lot of listeners in Xinjiang, actually, We're yeah, rival underground podcast over. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'd much rather see action on climate change than constant condemning. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: and and hopefully we can see both.
0: Yeah, not to, not to say that we can't see both. Yeah, but um, we definitely need to cooperate on climate change with China, and that's an unfortunate fact. So we just need to deal with it, right?
1: And, you know, this is a, a good example of a, a mix between principle and pragmatism in a policy.
0: Yeah, because, definitely.
1: Because, yeah, it's a, it's principled and you're calling it out, but there's that element of practicality that the US can't actually do anything besides call out the various human rights abuses that China is engaged in.
0: Yeah, um, well, so, you know, you can't really, you can't, honestly, you can't really do anything surrounding it.
1: No. So, But, I mean, China b- continues to be really scary, as a yeah, you know, as a country and as a government, so it becomes the responsibility of people like us, Rob, to call it out.
0: Absolutely, Nick. The more people that are in the know about what's going on in China, the better, right?
1: Yeah, read up about it. Uh, it's really messed up what they're doing to the Uyghurs.
0: But don't don't read conspiracy theories about it either. You no, know, try and find real. The, it's not as bad as what it was in Nazi Germany, is the no, point yeah. that I want to make here. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, people are very I've quick I've seen people
0: it. who've overstated the uh, effects.
1: People also use the word genocide, which I disagree with, because genocide means killing of a of a race.
0: Yeah, they're not killing them. And
1: there's no evidence yeah, that they're being deliberately killed.
0: Well, not in mass anyways. No, <laughs>
1: no. Um, but there, people use the word cultural genocide, and I'm like, well, you're kind of... That's not really what genocide means, yeah. though, is it? But yeah, it's regardless. For it's sure, not good. Very terrible and abhorrent. Absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. Well, we should probably finish it up, Rob.
0: Yeah. What a way. What
1: I a think. great cast. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've missed us. I've missed and doing we've the podcast. Missed
0: you. We've missed you. What are our socials again, Rob? Uh, at Unrepresentative Swill on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at Swill Podcast on Twitter.
1: And keep an eye out on our uh Instagram, everyone, because I've been told to actually rub this. I I wanna do a poll every week. Let's go. I um, like that. And ask about you know what's happening and get some info from our listeners that we can then
0: use to talk about in the show, Rob. Definitely, Nick. That'd be kinda of epic. That does sound epi. Alright. As you would say. Epi. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone. Everyone enjoy the Imla Grand Prix. Oh see you on oh, the weekend. Fingers crossed. See you next week. See you later. Ciao.